You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Nothing. Nothing. No. This does not mean more money for everybody and this and that. Nah. Nope. Are you sure? I'm positive. <laughs> That's that's Judd slinging the fastballs at the Billy Garen press conference right yesterday. Of the show. Yeah, right of the show Billy Garen, who by the way will be uh, he'll appear on Judd's hockey show today. Mm-hmm. Correct. In fact, that's by right. the time people have listened to me say that, they may have already listened to Billy Garen on Judd's hockey show. Uh, this is Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment on multiple platforms: podcast, the Score North YouTube channel, even. Score North Radio from 5 to 6 o'clock every single weekday. And uh, right after we got done recording yesterday's show, you guys were right in the middle of a bonus scoop session with Doogie, and all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose over in St. Paul. And so here's why I'd love to start with you guys, now that we've all had basically a day to digest the end of the Parisi Suter nine-year era. I mean, it is... Almost a decade of of Parisi and Suter's fingerprints all over this organization. The thing that speaks volumes to me, and you heard it in that first clip there from Billy Guerin. So this is how much dead cap the mm-hmm. Wild are going to have to eat the next handful of years just to say goodbye to those contracts and those players. Just under $5 million for this upcoming season. This is This is money they have to eat, and those guys are gone. Like you're paying those guys to the cap to be gone. Just under thirteen million next year, just under fifteen million in each of the two years after that. So over the next four years, you're going to be paying these guys to the cap. Now this is the cap, the dead cap. You're going to pay five, thirteen, fifteen, and fifteen million dollars. And you asked Billy Garen Judd yesterday. So all right, so these guys are gone now. Those contracts are kind of gone. So this must mean. Sign everybody, right? Free agency, trade for Eichel, go sign somebody else. And Billy Guerin's basically saying, no, this actually hurts us financially because we're paying for guys that aren't going to be here to the cap. So what does it say about how badly Bill Guerin just wanted to be done with Parisi and Suter for whatever reasons he had to eat this much dead cap money? In fairness, the question actually was about, does this allow you to go back to Kaprizov and Fiala with different structured deals now because of what you did? And and he said no as far as what he's offering them. So this doesn't preclude them from going out and trying to sign guys or trade for guys. So his point, because I, I thought at first front load a contract to Kaprizov, offer him more, and he'll probably agree to a longer-term deal. Um, but, this, but, but real quick, this money that they have to eat dead cap, eats into the money that they would be able to use on free agents the next four years regardless. Actually, right? what it does for two, what it does immediately for 2021-22 is it frees up $10.3 million, though, in cap space. So the, the hit is around five, but the freed up cap space immediately is actually fairly high. So they're now up to $26.3 million in available cap space for this coming season. So as far as the immediate move goes, this actually cap-wise helps them where it potentially cripples them unless they draft and develop really, really well. Phil, as you said, is starting in 2022-23. And keep in mind as well, if you're saying, yeah, but the cap, you know, but Phil, the cap's going up. I mean, come on, the cap's going up. We don't know that. And right now, there have been reports that the $81.5 million cap, which is what it's currently at, could be flat for as many as five years because of the pandemic. So this is where you're going to run into a problem. Uh, let's examine the question that you just threw out, though, because I, I think it's an interesting one. And the immediate answers are this. And the Parisi move is not surprising. Like everybody knew something had to give there. There was you couldn't bring him back a- after scratching him in the playoffs. The relationship between the team and Zach was done. And Zach, as he reflected in the people that he's talked to so far, actually, I think, felt relief and is very happy now 
to, well, one, get a very nice parting gift from the wild, and two, now go out and shop himself. This is what Zach wanted. This is not what Ryan wanted or expected. The suitor move is shocking. But what this does is it frees up immediate cap space. That's important. It gives you, uh, for the expansion draft, which is a week from today on next Wednesday, and the lists have to be in on Saturday, it gives you two more players now that you can protect because two guys with no move clauses have been eliminated. And then the third point and the relevant point, the point that Garen really isn't going to want to talk about too much, is this clears, this is it for the room. And you basically went, you took the nuclear option to the two guys who were the most dominant guys in that room and had been for nine years. And I think Bill Guerin's thinking, right or wrong, was this. Ryan Suter's still a good player, because he is. He eats minutes. He is not a bad player. Like, is he the same player he was nine years ago? Absolutely not. But he is a very solid top four minutes-eating defenseman. Those are hard to find. Those are important. Zach Parisi, I think, is just about washed. So very different stories here. But Parisi's going to be 37 on July 28th. Suter's going to be 37 in January. And I think Bill Guerin, who's not a dumb guy, and, I, and again, I think he thinks that, that the culture of the room is very important, took one look at how Parisi handled his demise, which was, dude, you're a fourth-line player. Now you're not playing. How, how do you take that? Not well. And he looked at Suter and thought, we're going to go through the same exact thing here eventually with him. And furthermore, when you've cleared out as much of that room as the Wild has, I think he thought to himself, Garen did, why not clear both these guys out at the same time, even because as punitive as it's going to be financially, because this is now Bill Guerin's team, and this is now, take your pick, Jared Spurgeon's team, Marcus Foligno's team. Pominville. Pominville. Who's, who's Over that, to Healy. Who's the guy Back that Teddy, who, who's the guy that Bridgewater said this is his team, too? Is some oh, obscure offensive Fusco. lineman. Brandon, Brandon Fusco, He's like, right? this is his team, too. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? But t- it, t- t- Yeah, Teddy, what's this like? This is, this is your team now. No, it's not just my team. It's Fusco's team. It's <laughs> Yeah, it's like, well, no. no Teddy, Fusco's like, no, dude, I'm good. Yeah, it's your Teddy, team. this is your team. <laughs> But anyway, this is now this is now I think the locker room and the um the chemistry of people that Bill Guerin wanted. And that didn't include Parisi and it didn't include Suter. This is just a very expensive isn't, way and potentially harmful way cap wise to do this. But isn't that so damning? I mean, think about what you just said. Suter especially, all right? And listen, I'm not gonna pretend to have spent five seconds in the room with like, I'm not Mike Russo. I'm certainly not Judd's hockey show, but over the course of nine years, I've been around, we've been around, I've heard enough things. Like I'll say this about Suter. Suter. Suter isn't always Mr. Uh, go along with what leadership, whether it's front office or coaching is trying to preach and instill vision wise. Not that he's always been wrong. Like sometimes, if he has an issue with the organization, maybe he's got a point. But it is really telling that you're willing to essentially say before this guy falls off a cliff performance-wise. Like you can make a case for Paris that it was just straight-up performance-based. Like, man, I think, I think if you loved him behind the scenes, you'd still find a way to maybe keep him around as a third or fourth liner because you're paying, you know, you're going to have to eat money anyways. With Suter, it's even more telling because, like you said, he's not cooked. He's, he's a defenseman. Like, you know, is he as is he as fast, as nimble as he was five years ago? No, probably not, but he's still savvy. He still skates a ton of minutes. He's still mostly durable. And and Billy Guerin basically said, yeah, you're not cooked, but I just don't want you here anymore. And I'm willing to take some cap penalties to make sure that you're not in the room anymore. Mm-hmm. Think about that. It's incredibly damning. Yep. But it's also the right move because Bill Guerin was a captain in this league, he won two Stanley Cups as a player. He won two Stanley Cups as an executive of the Pittsburgh Penguins, where he saw guys like Sidney Crosby play. And I will say this, from the standpoint of, of the players themselves, so so remove the human aspect, just talking about players. If you go back nine years, July 4th, 2012, I make that move every day because, yes, 13 years is, it's ridiculous to the point of it's not even allowed now. $98 million's a ton. But this yeah. team hadn't made the playoffs for four years. This team had become stagnant. This team was 
I don't want to say they were falling off the cliff, but the building wasn't as full and the excitement was gone. And those two infused a ton of excitement. And for one day in this godforsaken sports state, we knew what it felt like to be a Yankees fan. Like for one day we had the, you just did what? Oh my God. Uh, Now let's shift to the human aspect. The real question here is, would you do it again knowing who they are? And this has nothing to do with what they do on the ice because both of them, in, in Parisi's prime, he had he had some star potential to him and worked his ass off. He did to the last day on the ice. Ryan Suter, eight minutes, incredibly steady, played what at times, and this is a credit to him, looked like an effortless game. But behind the scenes, in the locker room, this never came close to being what they thought, which is these two guys are going to come in. And if you recall, you guys, on the day that they, they held the press conference shortly after signing on July 4th, the talk was, okay, here's what's going to happen now. The cap's going to go up, which it really didn't as much as we expected. But furthermore, other free agents are going to want to come here and sign to play with these two. Like, these two are going to galvanize this organization. That locker room is going to be a special place. Because, I mean, hockey, Phil, Phil hockey is definitely one sport where, where how you mesh personalities together is important. Oh, yeah. Right, I agree. Yeah. So on that day, we they were talking about this going to this going to draw more free agents. This is going to be incredible. I, I mean, they they saw themselves going up to what like the Blackhawks were at the time or, or were becoming, and that's the thing that fell woefully short. These two guys off the ice never. I, I mean, Bill Guerin saw what nobody else would address. There, there's a story that when one of the Wild coaches in after a playoff loss right before his um, demise with the team, basically told Suter, you're uncoachable. Like, you won't listen. You're uncoachable. And that's not inaccurate. And I believe that Suter also, and here's the problem too. So Leopold and Suter became buddies. Big mistake. Owners should not be friends with players. Like, it's fine if they have the whole team like Glenn does for the spaghetti dinner. Or if if you're Robert Kraft and Tom Brady's 41 and he's been around for 20 years, you guys can get lunch once in a while. Right. But Ryan Suter and Leopold became tight to the point where I was told that when Paul Fenton got hired uh, by the Wild after being the assistant GM in Nashville, it was Ryan Suter who played a big role in that hiring. And, like, Suter was seen as Dex can confirm, is the de facto GM of this team for a while. Yeah. Wow. And all of those things. But you know what? As much as it hurts financially, credit to Bill Guerin for saying, boys, if I'm going to have this job, we're doing it my way. Like, that's I mean, that, this, that's this, what I appreciate. Yeah. This was this was sort of the nuclear option, right? Like, yeah. you think, well, maybe they could get, maybe they could trade, especially Suter. You would think, like, you know, it's not a it's not an ideal contractor age. But you and you have to wave the no trade. move. And I think he had balked at that because his family liked it here. And so, so, but I mean, I think Bill Guerin. So gave him no choice. Well, but I mean, in, in Guerin's defense, too, if you look at what he saw from Parisi in the playoffs and said, this is what's going to, because the exact same thing, if Suter started to sit, like if Suter started to see a decrease, because he plays what consistently decks 25 yeah. minutes, sometimes 20. 28 per yeah. game. If you were to say to him, Hey dude, you know, we got some guys coming along. You're getting older. We're going to get you down to take your pick 16 minutes per game. Mm-hmm. He would have started to go the same direction that Zach did. And I think Bill Guerin said, we just can't have that. And Bill Guerin's right. Uh, real quick. And I, I, I want, I want to clear the way for uh, the other half of Judd's hockey show, Declan to provide some thoughts here, but I just had a thought. You know, if you're Parisi or Suter, and uh, maybe the job market's not quite what you thought, we got some good news. All right. Our friends at Burnsville Heating and Air are hiring, and they're making it sweet for you. So, and it doesn't matter what level of experience. Listen, if, if you've played hockey the last 20 years, and you uh, you really have no experience on a construction site at all whatsoever with HVAC systems, you can be an apprentice. They'll train you on what the job. What if I need immediate cash, Phil? Well, uh, you can receive up to a $2,000 sign-on bonus, Judd, and that's the good <laughs> ah! news. That's great. See you guys. So, uh, and, the, and the, I know it's Burnsville Heating and Air. It's a wonderful company, uh, but they will they will make sure that you you can work within 10 to 20 minutes of wherever you live. You don't necessarily have – if you're like, well, I'm an hour away from Burnsville, it doesn't make sense. Now, they got job sites all over the Twin Cities, especially on the East Metro side, Woodbury, Oakdale, Stillwater, uh, Lake Elmo, so – BurnsvilleHeating.com, click careers. BurnsvilleHeating.com, click careers if you are looking for a full-time job and um, and some decent pay. So um, 
Do you think these moves make this team better in 2021-22? Yes, I think they do. Um, losing Ryan Suter hurts, and the Wild will have to figure out a way to to basically replace those minutes and replace that player. Replacing Suter is definitely more difficult, obviously, than replacing Parisi. Parisi was a replacement-level player this season. And and I think the biggest thing with Garen, when he was a player, and he talked about this in, in February when he was traded towards the end of his career, and he got to Pittsburgh. And by the way, Garen had already been a, a cup winner, an NHL all-star. He realized, oh, I'm not the same player I was. I'm not going to be able to probably score 25 goals and be a top-line, top-six player anymore. I have to accept who I am. And Zach, for whatever reason has yet to accept the fact that, dude, you, you are no longer a top six player. We have Kevin Fiala playing in front of you. We have Joel Erickson Eck playing in front of you. Obviously, Kirill Kaprizov's been phenomenal. We're playing Victor Rask over you, for God's sakes. And I know that's more of a different thing with this position. But Garen was able to recognize in his own playing career that I have to change the way I play. Zach hasn't, hasn't figured out to do that yet. But with $26 million in cap space, them still trying to find a center, this team has to get more speed. And I think they're still going to be able to find that speed via the trade route, maybe something in free agency. But with Kaprizov and Fiala on this team, if they remain intact, because there's still no guarantee that Fiala could be traded to get the center you're looking for, um, you need more of this speed and more of those players. So replacing the defense, that's going to be difficult. I think Ian Cole's now a shoe in to most likely come back. They have a couple defensive prospects on Kalen Addison and Brandon Minnell that can step in, but still they're probably not the same player Ryan Suter is today but I, I think this does make the team better going into 2021. So what this does too is, and this, this is the interesting part of this dance that I can't wait to see play out. This applies huge immediate pressure because, Phil, what you talked about, when, when those cap hits come home to roost and if the cap remains flat, it's going to become a problem, but it's not going to be a problem in 2021, 22. And so what this does to me is this means it's go time now. And Bill Guerin's chosen that, that path. And he mentioned Stanley. He mentioned Stanley, the Stanley Cup twice yesterday. So, like, he's not afraid of this. Uh, but this puts immediate pressure on, as Dex said, finding a center or two, making the proper moves. And this, to me, is no longer, if it ever was, a conversation about, well, just hold on, because three years from now, you got to wait and see the wild. This signifies you have an immediate window here to improve your team significantly and win right now. And that, again, Suter on the ice probably would have helped that. Their fear was off the ice. He would have hurt it. And they decided that the fear about off the ice outweighed what he could bring on it. But this, they better win. Like there, there's when, when Bill Guerin, who, who said that he had been talking about this internally for six to eight months. Six to eight months. Wow. Congratulations wow. on hiding wow. it. I mean, the crazy thing, no, but Suter, um, when he talked about going to Craig Leopold and discussing this and saying, he said, when you want to make a move like this, you better have a plan. And me and the hockey operations department have a plan. That plan is not about, yeah, in 2024, it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. That plan is about winning immediately now. And that's where the pressure resides. I would liken this, guys, to the reverse Cousins. This is the 2018 Vikings in reverse. So instead of bringing a guy in, you're jettisoning two highly paid guys. You're actually going to be penalized for it down the road, but you say being rid of them is going to make us better in many other ways right now. It's actually what they might wind up doing with Kirk Cousins because if they get rid of Kirk Cousins for next year, they'd still have to eat like $10 million or something, I want to say. In uh, in dead cat money, um, here's another layer to throw on this here. Oh no, my what happened? Sorry. My uh, I think my button bar needs to be reset. Reckless speculation. Okay, I think Declan's got it. Um, yeah. reckless speculation. So TSN is reporting now. Quote: This is Darren Dreger. I believe the Wild are going to make a trade offer on Jack Eichel, but they're also not going to blow their cap space, and they're not going to overpay with trade assets. How can both of those two things be that? Like, <laughs> like it feels like the team that's going to land Jack Eichel, even with all the potential red flags, is going to wind up having to eventually blow cap space and overpay with trade assets. Do you think the Wild are now legitimate contenders in the trade discussions for Jack Eichel? I, I think it makes it the path easier. I think it does make the path easier. Um, the thing is, 
is if you don't want to trade Boldy or Rossi, your top prospects who are most likely ready to roll in 2021, okay, I can see that because they're going to be under entry-level deals. They're going to be making $900,000. You can basically hold them for three years. Great. And then even when they get to their second contract, unless they turn to Kirill Kaprizov, they're probably not going to command a, a big bridge deal. That's where if you're going to trade draft picks, I'd actually would do this because those draft picks that you're going to take at 23, 26, and most likely in the 20s next season, you have three first-round picks over the next two drafts, you're not going to see those players for three or five years. So in my opinion, the time is now to do it because the players you're going to draft at 23, 26, uh, 24 over the next three over the next two drafts, those guys aren't going to help you down the road right now. They're not going to help you immediately. They might help you down the road five years from now, but you're trying to win a cup right now. I would actually say it makes a lot of sense to do this trade because you have the cap space and the roster flexibility to do it. I hate to kill. Reckless speculation. Talks. Juicy rumors. But, and I went to Benilde, so my math sucks. But Phil's pretty good at math. Can I run the math past you here? So, like, just from a math standpoint, as much as I love the reckless speculation lifestyle and live it on a daily basis, Jack Eichel's contract, okay? He has an annual $10 million cap hit through the 2025-26 season and a no-move clause, which means he has to approve any type of move, starting in 2022-23. Now, as Declan pointed out on the Emergency Judge Hockey Show yesterday, and he's right, the Wild just freed up $10.3 million of cap space. So right now, it makes perfect sense. But Phil, help me out here. You went through the massive charges that the Wild is going to incur because Parisi and Suter are gone in in what amounts to, in football terms, dead money in 2022-23. So if you're going to sign Kaprizov, if you're going to keep Fiala, but let's just say you sign Kaprizov, which you're going to do, you have to do. Um, after next year, the Eichel cap hit doesn't work in your world. Like, how are you going to pay? If you get him and and you're on the hook for this contract, you would be so top-heavy, you couldn't have a decent third or fourth line, which, by the way, in today's game's important. So I just don't see from, a, and again, I'm not the quickest math guy, I don't see from a math standpoint how this works. So you'd have to hope for the cap to go, that the ESPN deal boosts the cap up enough to give you breathing room, and you'd have, you'd have to essentially nail every young development player that right. comes into your pipeline. But as right? Declan said, you just traded, to get him, you potentially traded the guys who you would be counting on to develop to become good players on the cheap. So, like, I just don't, I hate to do this because I love the speculation, but but I just don't see how it works. And, by the way, too, that this is not accounting for the fact that if he does indeed, and we still don't know, but it hasn't happened yet. If he has the cervical disc replacement surgery that he wanted to have, he's not going to be set to play till the winter. Yeah, that sounds aggressive. There's a lot of, lot of, no a lot of red flags there. No hockey player has had it. And then the last one is we've all heard stories about Eichel in the room. Do you really want to go back down that path? So, I mean, is it, is it possible then that... Some of these, because it's just now multiple times we've heard Wild could be making a deal for, is this Buffalo trying to drive up the number of perceived teams in the mix to drive his value up? I mean, do you think, I mean, Garen is jettisoning for sure Suter and maybe both Prezi and Suter in large part because they weren't great in the room, mm-hmm. right? So if there were questions about Eichel coming in here in the room, injury-wise and contractually, that's almost too many hurdles for me to clear to trade all the assets you. It would be so much fun, and it would be very splashy. Um, but it, it does feel a little aggressive. But I want to know, like, what are the other avenues to get a top-line center? What are the other avenues to cash in on, let's say, a three- to five-year window where you've got one of the best players in the NHL? Like, you're not – it's it's not like Kaprizov is 19 or 20, right? and he's going to be doing – like, he's in, he's, he's in his mid-20s. Yep. He's going to be 24, right? Yep. So. Like you need to cash in in the next three to four years, and and but your window starts now. It's but you just open. brought up the key point: next three to four years. But in four, but in in approximately three or four years, you, you might be crippled financially. So you really need to cash in in the immediate window that you have right now. Which is why I think they're, they're going to make a trade for a kid like the uh, the what it's Christian Dvorak, I believe, of the Coyotes. 
who's a center who's under team control for quite some time on a pretty good contract. And that's the type of guy who I think could step in and he would be a definite upgrade. He'd be your top center for now. Uh, There's been some conflicting, not reports, there's been conflicting feelings about how quickly Marco Rossi, their first round pick who missed most of last year because he had COVID and then developed uh, microcarditis. He, according to some, is going to be set to go pretty quickly in the National Hockey League. According to others, it's going to take a little bit of time. But if you think he's going to be set to go pretty quickly, let's say you go Dvorak, Ek, Rossi. Well, now you're getting stronger there. But I think it's going to be a move at center like that where you definitely upgrade. You definitely get what you consider to be a steady player. But I don't know it's a player like Eichel who is going to come in and be, again, a dominating presence. And I just I don't see how you pay him starting in 2022-23 without crippling almost the rest of your franchise. I have one, I have one more question on this for now. We have write-that-down predictions to get to here on this Wednesday. Uh, but, you know, a lot of hockey players love to play golf. Mm-hmm. And for now, anyways, Parisi and Suter have a little more time on their hands. I mean, they're sitting here just kind of waiting out their fate. I recommend uh, that Golfer's Paradise in Southdale Center, PXG Minneapolis. They've got clubs for all different price ranges. Uh, the Gen 4 clubs have uh, just rave reviews, the best performance, uh, best performing clubs, I should say, that PXG's ever made. So if you're uh, looking to pass some time as a hockey player with no official team right now, why don't you play a couple extra rounds of golf and stop in? Maybe get uh, Maybe get some of those experts at PXG Minneapolis to help get the right clubs for your game, pxg.com slash Minneapolis. So if I would have told you guys back on July 4th, 2012, as exciting as this is, this is amazing, 13-year contracts, biggest free agency splash in Minnesota sports history. And in nine years from now, the Wild will have won two playoff series, and they Mm -hmm. will never have made it even to the conference finals. What would you have said on that day? Go ahead, Dex. I'd be very dis- I would be disappointed knowing what would happen in the next nine years. But even with the thought of them not making the cup, I still would have done the deals. I still would have done the deals because they needed it to happen. The, the Wild were, what, in year 10, 11 going into that season when, when, when they signed Parisi and Suter. And there was a stagnant, the, the, the lure of the state of hockey wore off. The lure of them coming here wore off. They were in an awkward transition stage where Gabrick was gone. No one was really there. Cal Clutterbuck, for God's sakes, was like the most marketable player on the wild. That's an issue. I mean, they were one of the most boring franchises in all of hockey. They right? really they were. were just, they were very nondescript. They played a defensive style under Jacques Lemaire. And, yeah. So saying it saved the franchise is probably a, a little bit of hyperbole, but... They needed a signing like this to happen. It just it, it's unfortunate looking back on it that yeah, they only have two playoff series wins, and I think too many wild fans look at but we made the playoffs eight out of, you know, ten years. Well, I don't I'm done with that. I don't really care about that. I don't care that Parisi comes in and scores some playoff goals. I want titles, damn it. And I think conference finals should be the at least bare minimum expectation for this team going into next season. From a business standpoint, it was a genius move and will always be because of what you guys just talked about. They took a franchise that was nondescript and and was still successful, obviously, but definitely was not selling out, definitely didn't have an identity, and they put butts in the seats. They they sold jerseys galore, 11 and 20, and I actually did some research last night. I believe within the first week of the announcement that those two had signed, that they sold approximately 1,500 season tickets, which is, in July, pretty incredible. So from a financial standpoint, Craig Leopold, bravo. You probably made a, a lot more than you spent. You've spent a lot, I get that. Um, but that's a lot of beers. That's a lot of jerseys. That's a lot of tickets to sell. Yeah. From a hockey standpoint, it's a bust, unfortunately. Now, I would still do it again, but I'm the same guy who would do Cousins again. Uh, and that's trending in the exact same way. I don't care what. I don't care if you're a Kirk Stan or not. And you could be a Zach Stan or a Ryan Stan, and that's fine too. But from a sports standpoint, it's a bust. It is a bust. Legitimately, they made seven playoff appearances in nine years because the bubble doesn't count. That's a bunch of BS. Oh, we made the bubble playoffs. Bleep you. But you made seven playoff appearances in nine years, and Phil, you said it. You won two playoff series. That's all you did. I mean, this was supposed to be building something. The cap was supposed to go up. Some of this was out of your control. But nonetheless, I'm sorry. The day that they held the presser initially in July of 2012, Craig Leopold mentioned Stanley Cups. 
and he should have Stanley Cups. Last time not I checked, one, not two, yep. not three, exactly, but that was what that not was. Not five, but that's not six. It was the hockey equivalent, right? Like it was the <laughs> hockey equivalent was. of oh my god, these two was. guys just signed. And yeah, Minnesota's basically the Miami if you're if, if you're a hockey player, like you and know, you didn't you get live close. On frozen lakes and stuff. It's, it's a make no mistake. I do it again, but it's a bust. It is like from a it's, hockey it's, standpoint, well, not a business standpoint. It's, I would say it made the franchise relevant. It made the franchise competitive. It was always fun. Like they were, they were always there. They were always competing for a playoff spot. Even a couple of years, they were competing among the best teams in the Western Conference. And so, it's a little like the Vikings. Like the Vikings have been since 1998. Basically, the Vikings have been pretty darn good. Even throughout the 90s, before 98, they're always just 10 and six, 11 and five, all reliable. Even in their bad seasons, it's like they're still kind of flirting with the playoffs. But they're never in a spot, not never, but like rarely in a spot to actually win the championship. And so I would say the last 10 years of wild hockey, the last 20 years of Twins baseball, and the last, well, you could almost make a case for most of the last 40 years of Vikings football, that it's all been sort of the same, hey, they're pretty relevant, they're pretty good, maybe they can make a magical run, and they never do. And... um if you would have told me nine years ago, these guys are going to help, really only help with two playoff series wins, and that's going to be it. Um, there's some front office blame to go around, like maybe not finding the right complementary pieces, maybe getting too obsessed with players in their early to mid-30s and signing those guys to extensions that they shouldn't have. Right. Um, and maybe there's maybe they never found the right coach to make it all click or something, but I don't know. It's going to go down as a very um, underwhelming era of, of wild hockey. And maybe Kaprizov can change that coming out of this. I think that's a very fair thing. But the business standpoint, it worked. From a business standpoint, it worked really well. From a hockey standpoint, um, and I will never criticize teams for trying. They went for it. The Vikings did with Kirk. I mean, absolutely. The, the Twins did with Donaldson. Yeah. But but you also have to. But you also then can't look back and be be like, yeah, this is what we planned to be. You know, to make the playoffs and do nothing in them. So. So, uh, all right, well, if you want more, uh, if, if you missed sort of the immediate breaking news reaction as this came down yesterday, you can find that on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed, Judd's Hockey Show, and uh, Billy Guerin will join you guys today, and so people can find that too. Score North YouTube channel, Mackie and Judd podcast feed, scorenorth.com is the best place to find everything we do. We're going to take a deep breath, collect ourselves, and come back with some write-that-down predictions and an accountability session. Yeah, most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd. Write this down. This is the big leagues, where we own our terrible predictions. Write that down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. It's Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. With Mackie and Judd. Hello, friends. (laughs) And welcome to the most transparent segments in sports media. Write that down. This is a revolutionary segment where the hosts put their careers and their reputations on the line every single week. Their bosses just don't know how low their batting averages are on these predictions, but uh, that's what we do on this segment. Going back years and years on Mackie and Judd, we keep track of our predictions and hold each other accountable. It is write that down, and it's presented by our friends today at Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. It's officially riding season now that we're in the middle of summer. A lot of people have probably gotten out on road trips, uh, but Dennis Kirk is the leading supplier of motorcycle and bike parts, 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. Whether you ride a Harley, a Metro Cruiser, a sport bike, if you order by 8 p.m., they ship the same day, and shipping is free on orders over $89. When the open road calls, head to DennisKirk.com. All right, boys, how you feeling here? Some Parisi things probably came off the board. A lot of Parisi. It's got to be a lot, yeah. I feel like so, I had uh, one once a month for a yeah, while. Yeah, seriously. I don't know. I feel like you guys might be overestimating okay. how many Parisi right, predictions yeah. are out there. Certainly no suitor predictions because I didn't no, see that one coming. No. no. Oh, wish I had. Yeah. So uh, here's how it works if you're new to the segment. Three predictions each week from everybody. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And if you want to be a guest listener participant on the show like Wade is about to be, you can send us a message through the feedback tab on the Score North app, which is free to download. 
we had a record number of people use the Score North app about a month ago during uh, like the post NFL draft period. So thanks to everyone who has been consuming anything, whether it's audio, video, or Judd's written work on the Score North app. Let's get to the accountability session here, boys. Judd Zolgad had a few things come off the board. The batting average leader, the reigning defending batting average champion. You said Shohei Otani will homer for the American League in the All-Star game. He was too tired last night. Too tired That's from... stupid home run derby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's guys, guys out? I don't gassed. like it anymore. I'm done with it. You said Andrelton Simmons will be traded by the 4th of July. I missed this one last week, but it is July 14th, and he is still the starting charts. That's a, that's a Twins that's problem, a twin. not a Judd problem. Well, what's the problem for you, man? You said Kaprizov will get votes for the Hart Trophy. He did get a handful of votes. Nice. Connor McDavid got the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said Zach Parisi won't play for the Wild next season. Wow, I thought I had more Parisi on the Me board. Too. Than that. Okay. I can take a scan through again. No, you're probably like, right. I just I felt like I was always trying to predict what he would do. But some but I think some of them were old as far as being traded. Yeah. That were uh, more than a year old and came off the board as being wrong. I think you also had some like that he'll be scratched at one point or you something. You know what? That's probably right. Yeah. Uh this has not come off the board yet, but a part of it has. You said there will be a credible report of the Wolves and Sixers discussing a Ben Simmons trade. So that's the first part of the parlay. Mm-hmm. That has happened. We can contain more John Krasinski. Do and I get a half ding for that? No. Do I get up here? Um, not really. No. I, mean, we'll just, yeah. I don't think it's, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's uh, possible to get a ding. But the second part of the parlay is Simmons will not be traded to the Wolves. So if that yeah. if that comes to fruition, then you'll have you'll have scored there. Dude. I had a rough week. Yeah, a lot of red here. I said the Twins will have made a trade before the start of next week's Red Thad. Now, I should have factored in the All-Star. Like, if, if there's a trade, it'll happen, like, later this week at the earliest. And so that's just my fault for lack of, lack of baseball calendar awareness there. Uh, I said the Suns will sweep the Bucks in the NBA Finals. Yeah. And I said Zach Parisi will be in the Wild organization for puck drop of the regular season. Seems unlikely now. Uh, listeners, so Matt had a couple things come off the board here. He said the Stanley Cup final will go seven games. Not, he said the next NBA finals, so referring to th- this year's NBA finals, would not be played. These teams would not be in the NBA finals. The Lakers, the Heat, the Raptors, the Rockets, or the Bucks. Well, the Bucks are playing in the NBA finals. So that's incorrect. Declan, you had nothing come hmm. off the board for the second consecutive I, week. Uh, I swear I made a preezy predictions, but okay. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I have it in front of me here. You guys are making me question my sanity here. I, I thought know, I think you brother, guys overestimated. I thought even brother Liam had a Prezi prediction that it wouldn't come off the board. I was talking to him last night. He was fired up. Hmm. Brother Liam, the Wild will have five players from their opening night roster traded by the start of next season. Okay. So, so th- those don't count yesterday because yep. they weren't traded. Uh, he has a Declan in a Facebook official relationship by December 31st. Yeah, there's been an update on that. That's, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's breaking oh. news. Oh. What? Would you care to share with the Write That Down audience? I'm, uh, Is there a point coming off the board? No, I would actually say it, it's it, it's more trending that it will come off the board negatively for Brother Liam. What happened? Are you okay? Oh, I'm great. I'm fine. Let's just yeah, say. No, I'm fine. Do you want to talk about it? Not right here necessarily. Let's just but, say, uh, Phil. We can talk about it. Whose fault was it? Dex was wasn't bought anyone, out. It wasn't anyone's fault. Yes, I was bought out. Dex was bought out yesterday. <laughs> Bill Guerin's last trip was to Dex's was apartment, and he heard what? this. No, dude. Who's there? Out. I was bought out. It's Bill Guerin. <laughs> yeah. Contract negotiation stalled, and then they well, decided, you, no, you know what great. I heard? I, I heard you weren't great in the room. I, the room was no problem. <laughs> I heard the you room was in the room. no problem. That was the not the, my chemistry in the room. Was that was the opposite of the issue there? So, <laughs> moving on. Brother Brother Liam also has cousins starting no more than ten games this season. Fiala, Greenway, and Dumba all being in different sweaters, and uh, and then he then he doubled down and said, "Now it's by Labor Day, Declan Correct. will be in an official relationship." Social media binding in some way, like you post about it. Yeah, you've got you've got Declan. You have Dumba predictions. Hmm. You had a Parisi will dress in a game for the Wild in the playoffs that you scored on. But I don't know. You guys, you have Fiala, Rask. Fiala? You got a Dumba in Rask. here. 
Dumbo. So we can we can comb through again, but Judd Zolgat has widened his batting average lead again. He's batting three ninety four with four home runs, both leading the league. I'm at three forty four with two home runs. Declan three thirty eight with two home runs. Listeners at three oh nine with three home runs on the season. All time Judd, 166 hits. I have 134. Listeners, 113. Declan, 55. 12 home runs apiece for Judd, myself, and the listeners. Declan with four home runs. Let's get Wade in here, our guest, listener, participant, so he can make some predictions with us. Uh, we've had some issues with Wade's camera. So for the YouTube audience, he will just be anonymous avatar guy. So uh, you have some uh, you have some anonymity here, Wade, if you want to go out on a, on a real limb. Welcome right. to the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, so you're going to lead off. We're going to go Wade, Judd, Declan, back to me. The predictions must be quantifiable. That's really the only main rule here. And uh, we frown upon the if clause. Like, if this, then this, which Judd found a loophole in last week. But, <laughs> Wade, what's your strategy, man? You're, you're, um, you're going to take your hacks? Are you going to drop some bunts? What are you going to do here? No, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to go yard for, for most man. of these. Love it. Love it. So lead us off. What's your first prediction? All right. So my first prediction is Justin Jefferson will have exactly 111 receptions in the 2021-2022 season. Wait, exactly how many? Exactly 111 because that's what he had in 2019 at LSU. Okay. Wow. Yeah, home run. That is a home run. (laughs) For sure if that happens. Absolutely. Maybe he'll be on 110 and then have a review in the final week of the right. season. That'd be my luck. Right in the game. Let's see what happens. Write that down. All right, Judd. Ryan Suter will sign with the Colorado Avalanche or Vegas Golden Knights. One oh, of those two runner. teams. What a front runner. He will sign with – he's going to want a chance. The Avs make a lot of sense because I think that they could use some depth, a depth defenseman, and he would be able to come back and haunt his former team. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to want that opportunity. So that, yeah. there's been speculation he might go to Boston or Washington. I don't think he goes to the Eastern Conference. I think he stays West. So, Dex, it'll either be the Avs mm-hmm. or the Golden Knights. Okay. I think actually. I think he yeah. stays West in part because he wants to stick it to the Wild? Yes. Yes, I think he's very vindictive, and I think he's going to get his opportunity, or he wants his chance to be on a good team that can beat the Wild. I've also heard Write that it down. You like writing this things is off down. the record, by the way. This is not a prediction by me. Uh, but that Zach uh, also could be interested in the Vegas Golden Knights because Peter DeBoer yep. is the head coach, his head coach in New Jersey, and he also would like to stick it to the Wild. So, so they're going to sign with the same team again? I could see that happening. I don't think they are. God. I think if I'm suits, I say, you know what, Zach, why don't you go do what you do? I'll do what I will do. They si- will they sign for like league minimum because they're still. Well, you can double dip, right? Change from the wild. Suter won't. Suter won't. Suter will get a decent contract. He won't get six or seven per again, but he'll he'll get some money. He might, but he might take a very favorable deal he from would take the abs a, to win a cup and, because he's sure. still getting paid from these guys. Right. Because I don't think there's I don't think there's rules like there is in some contracts in some sports against double mm-hmm. dipping. Could write that down. Interesting. All right. Okay. Write this down. Declan. All right, my first prediction. Uh, I was going to do a Dumbo one to hedge, but I, I'm, I'm deciding against it at the last minute. Um, I will say Marcus Foligno and Joel Erickson Eck will be named the next alternate captains mm-hmm. for the upcoming season. Okay. And I think that is that if that's specific enough, I think that's a home run. I'm naming the two players who will be alternate yeah. captains. I have no problem with that. Right. I'm saying yeah, both of them will so be. It's, so there's only... There's only the two, right? Like, yeah, because you're not saying that of the five, it's it's only two, and you're yeah, going to nail because, both of these. Yeah, because both Parise and Suter um, were alternate captains. They're now gone. Jared Spurgeon is the captain. So, yes, Marcus Foligno and Joe Arksnick will be named the next alternate captains for the upcoming season. Yep, specific enough. Write this down. All right, write this down. Bill Guerin will use the word culture in his appearance on Judd's Hockey Show at least once. I, I have a question that you – okay. He will use the word culture. We could in his tell appearance. him. I'm, we could tell him to work around it, though. Don't say. Please don't say. Culture. I have literally my first question to we him. We could sabotage. Phil. Has the word culture in it to Bill Garen? I already have it written out. I'm I expect you guys to do the right thing for the interview. We could without a- write that down in mind. We could ask Bill as a station bet to please not use the word culture and substitute for it, like with chemistry. <laughs> 
Remember, if we use and the word sabot- culture more than six and a half times in a segment, we get called into the principal's office. It's a rule on the Mackey and, and sabotage <laughs> Phil's prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Write this down. All right, back to Wade, your second prediction. So my second prediction is also another Vikings one. It is the Minnesota Vikings will finish the 2021-2022 regular season with at least 13 wins. With that, they will win their division and at least reach the NFC Championship game. Wow, dude. dude so you you're are. high on this team. I am. I, this year's exciting, man. You're going Joey Gallo right now. <laughs> like, these balls aren't over the fence. They are onto the plaza. Yeah, go this home, is... Go bigger, go home, guys. This is big time. What's, um, what are the main reasons for, for your Vikings Super Bowl contendership optimism? You know, in, in my opinion, I think all in all, the offensive line is, a, is an upgrade from last year. It might not be the biggest upgrade it could have been uh, with who was in the, on the market this year, but it is an upgrade. The defense is completely revamped. Uh, it honestly looks very good. The line looks very solid. So, I mean, if, if the offense can stay where they were last year and play how they did, then I don't see really, at least in the NFC, who can, you know, compete with us. Wow. Okay. What would like, if, if they don't reach, like, what's the what's the line for, like, man, if they don't at least do this, then you're going to want some, some major changes of some kind, coaching or quarterback or otherwise? I think second round of the playoffs, at least. Like, I feel like there's really no, like you guys say, no excuses. Like, I, there's, there's nothing that they can say at this point. Yeah, that's yeah. actually, like, in terms of goals, like, Super Bowl should be the goal every year for this team right. because they've, they've been successful – on every level in 50, 60 years, except for that. But there's another level, too, that, like, why can't they be a team that at least wins a playoff game on a regular basis and is fighting in that division and conference championship round like some of the other franchise? Like, put yourself more in the mix to go deeper on a regular basis. Like, you can can count how many playoff wins they've had in the last two decades on one hand, right? Yeah. If you don't have... Minneapolis Miracle, the other Saints game, If you don't have a bunch of guys hurt, if, if you are healthy throughout the season... And win your division. I think it also depends on how things look. Perfect example. Two years ago, if you again win a playoff game and then go to a San Francisco type team and get your ass kicked, which they did, like they got their ass handed to them. I got to think about the future then. Like if you win a playoff game, because we're all like, well, just win a playoff game. And and yeah, if you win a playoff game and then go to this, go to the second round and play well, and it's a good game and you lose. That looks a certain way where I'm probably fine. But if you go to the second round again and just get dominated and manhandled, and by the way, your team prides itself on being tough, that's the type of game I'm going to look at. I'm going to be like, is this good enough now? So I'm not just I'm not just going with playoff win and I'm fine. I'm going with how it looks as well because that San Francisco game was embarrassing. Judd, you're up next here. Your second. Mm, prediction. Sorry about that. Judd, I Judd like no, will take okay. that game to his grave. He always talks. It about pissed it. me off. It was ridiculous. Oh, it was pretty embarrassing. Plus, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo good, but... literally Garoppolo tried to give you that game in the first half yes. too, and you just you just wanted nothing. To and do. you're supposedly this great at the time, or this really good defense, and then to go back to the uh, conference title game against Philadelphia, your defense, which was supposedly great, I read a book. Just got done. I'm not writing. I no regional books don't sell. I'm all in it for the money at this age. <laughs> Write this down. <laughs> the MLB All Star Game will return to traditional uniforms next season, with the American and National League each wearing their team's tops and pants. So, so the the hats might be different. In fact, they probably will be. But this whole pajama party crap we saw last <laughs> night is out the window. They're going to go back to teams wearing the jerseys and the pants of their team. I think and they've also had these city edition uniforms like the NBA has had, right? They're trying to do they're trying to be cool. Baseball, a bunch bunch of Rob Manfreds trying to connect with the younger crowd. Um I like the fact that they're taking some uniform shots. The reason why they would keep these is if they found some level of like sellability, like if I, if MLB shop had some influx of people sure. ordering the jerseys or the hats or something, then it's just another way for them to do they to sell consult though with people who they're trying to sell this crap to before they design it. The American League looked like they were wearing pajamas from when I was in third grade. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Well 
Yeah, I don't think they've done a whole lot of consulting on anyone under the age of 50 in Major League Baseball, but maybe I'm Write this down. wrong on that. All right, Declan, your second prediction. All right, I'll have at least two things come off the board for this week. Uh, I'll go with an open prediction. My guy, mm-hmm. Ian Poulter, will finish top 15 at the Open this weekend. He will finish top 15 on the leaderboard by the end of Sunday at the Open. Yeah, I haven't I haven't made an open prediction. I don't I don't have one scheduled here, but Ian Poulter, this this tournament's weird because it doesn't the older guys are able to hang a little bit more because pot bunkers and lightning quick fairways kind of even the playing field. Like yep. guys who don't normally hit the ball very far can hit low liners that roll fifty yards on the fairway. And so I love the open. It's uh, it's a Write blast getting up early. It's it's over by like noon on a is, Sunday. Is that that going to start for you in Seattle? He's in the best position. I think like well, two hours earlier than you. Yeah, a more ideal. No, but I mean, what time? <laughs> what time does the, the coverage I think, start? I think for his side, I think it like, starts like at ten or eleven p.m. His time because it starts like one. Oh, or so two. I, I can go to I can, That's li- what I'm I can go to bed and watch it. Like go to bed with the sound. It's of the, the open. next. It's the next Love day it. for them, and you're going to be in. Wow, good for you. I have in the past been known to get up at like three thirty. That's a good question. And Phil tried to mock me, Declan. Mm-hmm. I asked a va- a, <laughs> yeah. two hours, a, two hours before you. Yeah. <laughs> write God. this down. All right. Uh, another wild prediction from yours truly here. <laughs> Zach, write this down. Zach Parisi will score a goal against the Wild this upcoming season. Oh, that's a good one. I should have I'll say that. regular season or playoffs. I'm not yeah, going to count that they play in the preseason. That's a good one. But Parisi will score a goal against the Wild this upcoming season. He'll find a way. To get a greasy find goal. Away. We'll do something. Yeah. Write this down. All right, Wade, your third and final prediction. So my third one is also another Minnesota Vikings one. Uh, it is, so the first passing play of the regular season that the Minnesota Vikings defense plays against will result in a Daniil Hunter sack. Welcome I back, Daniil. I love this. This is awesome. Dude, Wade, Wade is wow, just – Wade is Otani. Yep. He is Pete Alonzo. He's Trey Mancini, all rolled into one here. He's Nelson Cruz, just swinging for these fences. I love the approach, though. Like, he had the – he knew exactly what he was going to do, which is nothing but swing from the heels. Yep. He's got it. He knows what pitches he's looking for, which is all of the pitches. He's just going to swing <laughs> all the pitches. It's great. So, uh, Wade, since you've got this life-changing platform here on Mackie and Judd, this, we are a multi-platform uh, conglomerate. Is there anyone in your life you'd like to thank that brought you to this point? Um, yeah, thank you guys for having me. Uh, it was a great time. I want to thank my grandpa and my uncle for turning me into a crazy Minnesota Vikings fan. And <laughs> it, It's been rough, but it'll be, it'll be worth it someday. I know it, it has to be. There you go. Someday. Just before we die. Someday, I was going to say, <laughs> Wade, don't be so sure of that last part. Hey, law of averages says it'll happen at some point. That's what I thought right, when I was 18 or 19. See you, we'll, Wade. We'll get Wade on again. Good stuff, man. We'll keep track of these for you. Uh, all right, we're back over to – by the way, when um, when Wade said initially that – like when he started his sentence with, yeah, I just want to thank my grandpa and my uncle. I thought for sure he was going to say for turning me on to Mackie and Judd when they were on AM radio five years nice. ago. <laughs> it's usually what usually what it used to be for us. But now it's like now that we're on YouTube on a regular basis and Purple Daily, you know, we've been doing a show together for seven and a half years and we've got people now and it, we're, it's amazing and we're super grateful for it that are like, oh, I just discovered you guys three months ago. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, who are you? So I was at the bar on, on Friday. I, that same thing happened. The power of the internet. The power it's of the internet, the man. internet. Yeah. You guys know about the internet? It's pretty crazy. What are we back to Judd here? Right yes. yes. So there, there was talk in Rob Manfred's State of the Game press conference, which was riveting, yesterday about a bunch of changes that might be coming. They might be going back to um, traditional double headers at nine innings apiece. Why? Uh, they might be. They might eliminate the runner on second base to start extras. Oh my god! But, Let's just go back to the way that things yes. have always been. But yep. write write this yep. down because this will happen, and I've worded it very specifically to get myself around the lockout okay. that's probably going to happen. MLB will have rules that limit or ban the shift starting in 2022 or whenever the next season starts. Because I don't know that in 2022 it's going to start in April. So the next time baseball starts up, mm-hmm. they're going to have rules that limit and or completely ban the shift. Okay. 
So if they were to say uh, the shortstop has to stay on the left side of second yes. base or something, that would count. Yes, and I think there's okay. gonna. I think there might be something fairly. I think there might be something drastic. I think they're gonna try and get the second baseman out of right field as well. I'm I'm okay with the second baseman going into right field as long as the shortstop also isn't playing second base. Like I w- I would be okay with this. And people are oh, like, well, you backed can't, up. Okay, you, you can't do that. Well, the the NBA has put in so many rules opening up offense. Right? They've you you can't play zone defense in the NBA. You can play kind of a modified zone, but there's a three second if, violation, and they're doing that to open up offense. If you hit a line drive to shallow right, it should be a single. That's what they're going to say. Uh, or a ba- or like a hard ground ball up the middle, but even then, like there's always going to be shortstop shaded. Yeah, shading's but fine, they're... but but this whole thing of we shifted you, and so what for years was a hit is now not a hit, actually probably makes the game more boring. Yep, baseball baseball needs to do more to just create more fun, more action. The biggest thing that they should be doing, though, well, two things. We can do an episode on this here. They should be making all of their games as accessible as possible yes. in all markets to all audiences on all platforms. Yes. There should never be a time where, like, if you're a streaming subscriber on YouTube or Hulu TV that you that you can't get the regional sports network because they're in a pissing match with, mm-hmm. like, that should never affect fans. Baseball should want its product. Baseball could easily market its product as the most accessible wherever you are. You can always have a game on. You could be at a bar in a booth with your friends. You could have the game on on your phone, right? Uh, on any platform, any device. And then they should just make it so that, I don't know how you would police this, but we just need players to be allowed to celebrate. You know, there's so much downtime in baseball. When there are fun things happening, allow players to go nuts and celebrate and flip their bats and, like, just just exude joy without having to worry about retribution or a bench-clearing brawl. Just make it fun. I think Bally uh, is going to have shortly an app that you can subscribe to. Perfect. So, so it'll take out it'll take out the the cable operator or satellite as the person in the middle, and it'll allow you to just subscribe to that channel. Perfect. So, so baseball, what, what baseball should be doing because they've done this you know, fifteen years ago with the MLB TV streaming yeah. platform. They powered WWE streaming. They powered NHL streaming. Like their mm-hmm. infrastructure, they just white labeled it to these other entities. They were innovative in that in that area, like 14, 15, 20 years ago. So they should be building these apps. If it's an issue of, well, Bally Sports North has 16 different regional properties, and it's just like resource-wise really hard for them to build out these apps for mass usage, Major League Baseball should be building it for them and get it out there. Like, oh, you guys don't have an app? Let's build it for you. Right. Yeah. Wow. Write not, it down. Not you I, like writing things down. Not that I care about. It. Yeah, you don't care uh, about Declan, uh, final prediction. My final prediction, uh, it is money in the bank this weekend on the WWE. So I will say Seth Rollins will win the men's Money in the Bank ladder match this Ooh. Sunday. Seth freaking Rollins. That's Seth a jump started Rollins. his career uh, six exactly. years ago. He's due. Yep. He's due. Uh, he's been like playing this weird heel character. He hasn't held the title in a couple of years. I think he's due to get back over the top. And write this down. little Wolves speculation. Leave you write it down. Right. You like writing things down. The Wolves will acquire at least one of these players this offseason. Ben Simmons. John Collins, Miles Turner, or Pascal Siakam. Oh, Pascal Siakam. S-I-A-K-A-M, Pascal Siakam, who is one of the more underrated big men in the in the NBA. Toronto Raptors plant there in Canada. So they will they will make a splash with one of those four players. Write it down. So there it is. Write it down. You like writing things down. Uh, these predictions have been presented in part by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Been around since the early 1900s. They're not really in the prediction business. They're in the peace of mind business. If you're a business owner, you can find a full list of all the industries that they protect, which range across the board, auto services, wholesalers, retailers, dealerships, funeral services even. Um, And you can find all kinds of tools and resources to make sure that you are maximizing the success of your business, minimizing the risks, and the damage that can be done if something bad happens. Federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Write that down. All right, boys. Any final uh, words of wisdom here before we go into our uh, 24 hours of hibernation and prep for Reckless Speculation Thursday? I just can't wait. I can't wait because I feel there's a conversation to be had that we didn't get to today about Reckless Speculation and the lifestyle 
and why that lifestyle was more than ever justified yesterday by the actions of one team in this town. How's that yeah. for a tease? Mm-hmm. You never know. Mm-hmm. You never know what's lurking around the corner. The big moves that you mock and ridicule and think could never happen in poo poo. Oh, they can and oh, will they do can. happen. All which, I got to oh, say is true. this if there was a six to eight month plan to jettison Ryan Souter that nobody knew about, do you think Rick Spielman in his right hand drawer at TCO Performance Center doesn't have a file labeled Cousins Exit Plan? Because I like think that? he does. interesting well we'll talk about that uh tomorrow our friend doogie will join us and uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us on a daily basis here daily minnesota sports entertainment and damn it we want titles mackie and joe we'll see you guys tomorrow whether it's baker's simple truth turkey or mac and cheese with murray's english cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts.